Max. Hi, Erica. <laughs> Here we are. Episode 12. 12. I've been thinking a lot about how tech is everywhere, whether you're ready for it or not. Tech innovations are proving to enhance all aspects of our life. But how is it really impacting industry? One area is in safety monitoring for workers in adverse conditions like electrical maintenance crews, oil rig workers, or miners. What would you say has changed recently that has made vast improvements in how we monitor these high-risk jobs? Yeah, there's actually some great consumer tech that's being incorporated into industrial applications. For one, the iWatch is actually being used by miners now to measure their biometrics and detect a fall uh, with a built-in accelerometer in case they fall Accelerometer? (laughs) What's an accelerometer? An accelerometer measures movement. Oh. So rapid movement, like falling off a ladder, falling into a shaft, which would be really, really bad, uh, can actually get picked up by the iWatch as an alert. It's much easier for them to wear it all day compared to the previous versions that were these big, bulky sensors they had to wear, you know, almost like a backpack, especially in a mine where temperatures easily get to over 100 degrees So that can't be very comfortable. No. Do you remember that movie we watched, The 33? Oh, yeah. The Argentinian miners. Yeah. And the only way they communicated up to uh, above, like above the mine was once the drill bit got all the way down, they put like a little note and wrapped it around to say that they were all safe. You loved that movie. I, I love that movie. By the way, it's a true story. And they all survived. That's the best part. But imagine if they had an eye watch that would actually let the surface people know that they were okay. Their biometrics showed that they were alive and and would have just given them a lot more information to get to them a lot faster. Yeah. That reminds me of when we first started dating and you were wearing that crazy watch (laughs) on your wrist. And although that was not a normal watch, it was interesting and I liked it. Yes. It was the Breitling Emergency. I remember that. I bought it when I started training for my private pilot's license, which was around the time that we met. Um, I remember when we went out to dinner with your family, they knew all about the watch and asked me if I was planning to deploy my aircraft (laughs) after dinner. Oh my gosh. I know. They kept teasing you. It's said the first thing a woman notices on a man is his watch and his shoes. I have a fun fact. Oh, I love the fun facts. Women of all ages are more likely to survive in times of crisis. A study of the last 250 years shows that women have longer lifespans during a famine or a disease epidemic. That is so interesting. Right? Because now when I think about it, the majority of the people I knew that got COVID were actually men. Yeah, it is interesting. So for those of us who don't work in a mine or climb an electrical pole, what are some more noticeable tech being deployed all around us that we may not even be aware of? Well, the latest innovation is in the enhancement of personal security through smart lighting. Smart lighting. (laughs) Yeah. Personal security in the age of COVID is more than just fear of like an unauthorized person walking around your office or a dangerous individual entering a store. It's also about health threats. A a smart lighting system is now being deployed with a UVA component to safely disinfect office spaces and facilities like supermarkets or big box stores, for example. 
Some systems also have an embedded camera and mic that's Wi-Fi enabled. So you're getting that personal security monitoring um, along with one that actually fights a virus. But do you really think stores and offices will actually switch out their overhead lighting to add this new smart lighting system? It seems like a pretty big project. Well, I do. I mean, the good news is they don't have to initially change out all the lighting. They usually start by installing the system in all the major points of entry or exit, and then they expand from there. Um, smart lighting systems actually do a better job of consuming electricity because they're smart. Um, so over time, they will expand to the rest of the space because it will give them additional savings on their electric bill compared to the traditional lighting that they're using today. I also think uh, they'll want to do it to give consumers and employees the confidence of actually going to those locations. You talked about Wi-Fi being used for the smart lighting, but what about using 5G? We've talked about this in previous episodes, but can't 5G also be used in deploying this type of a new technology? Yes, it could. There's a new variation of 5G that's actually being deployed in scenarios like the iWatch for minor safety example we talked about because you can't really uh, have an iWatch communicate underground unless there's an actual uh, network to pick it up. And it's actually called 5G for Enterprise. When you say 5G for Enterprise, what are you referring to? How is that different than 5G that's just available for the regular consumer, which we've mentioned? Yeah, so 5G for Enterprise is a private 5G network, unlike a 5G network that's part of how we consume data on our smartphones. It's built for specific industries to basically enable better field operations in a much more secure and private network. Uh, the mine with workers wearing iWatch for safety uses that private 5G network to allow that consistent communication back and forth for, to the monitoring station, which the 33 would have probably been better off if they had that in the first place. Uh, electric companies also use it to monitor their grid uh, using things like IoT sensors and drones that actually fly around uh, power lines all day long to actually inspect and make sure they're up and running, which is which is pretty interesting. Yeah. If you've ever seen a drone fly over uh, a power, uh, like a power pole or a power grid, it's actually being run by the power company. Uh, there's even uses in manufacturing plants like General Electric use it in their jet engine building plants. Um, and they use that private 5G network because it has a less than one millisecond delay for robotic manufacturing machinery, mm -hmm. which is really, really important. That machinery has to be very precise when it's building a jet engine. Yeah, I would hope it's precise. <laughs> it's, it, it, it should be very precise. It also removes the all this bulky conduits. If you've ever been to a manufacturing plant, they have these massive conduits filled with cables to basically run wires between the main host systems, the servers that tell the machinery what to do and the machinery themselves. So when they implement these private 5G networks, now they, they don't have to keep maintaining all these bulky cables going back and forth uh, between all these pieces of machinery and the host. So who are the companies that are offering these 5G private networks? Well, the main players in the space include names that you know, like Nokia, Ericsson, and Cisco. So expect to see more companies moving to a 5G private network to enhance how they operate, and not to mention 
improve security. Yeah. You know, you think about security, private 5G network can also can only be accessed by individuals within the organization. So a lot less risk of hackers messing with critical systems like the power grid. Right. What about technology we've already used today? Let's talk about some of the tech being adopted for other applications in industry. A great example is NFC. You use your phone, for example, to pay at a cash register. Businesses use that same NFC technology on your phone for access control, even logging into what's called two-factor authentication. So, for example, you want to get into your email, you put in your username and your password, but then there's a second system of validation that makes sure your cell phone is next to you to validate that it's you and not some guy sitting in Russia or somewhere trying right. to hack into your account. It's even being used as a new form of business cards. People may not know what NFC stands for, Max. That's right? true. NFC, near field communication, and enables short range communication between compatible devices. So one transmitting device and another one to receive the signal. I actually have seen this advertised and it looks pretty cool. Like yeah. it's called the dot cards. A new way to connect with others faster is by sharing contact information and connecting to social media faster than ever before with an instant transfer. You get a little plastic card or tile and even some companies are using a band that you wear on your wrist. And all someone has to do is touch it with their smartphone and you get contact details instantly. That's usable. Yes. Everyone has a smartphone, right? So it seems like a great way to stop killing trees. For sure. Plus, I won't have to keep finding all those business cards every time I open any drawer in our house or any bag we haven't used in a while. <laughs> yes. Every time I go to a meeting, before I hand out my business card, I have to actually check that it's my business card because it's coming out of some stack that's, that's been nice. sitting in my bag forever. There are two kinds though, right? There's passive NFC and there's active NFC. So can you tell me the difference? Sure. So passive is, think of it as, as what it sounds like. It's small, sending information with no need for a power source. Um, they don't actually process any information. You often see this with advertisements or interactive signs, whereas active NFC devices are able to both send and receive data. So they can communicate with each other. They can also communicate with other passive devices. The best example is a smartphone, kind of like what I said about the two-factor email uh, system to authenticate you, um, as well as uh, touching payment terminals. So that's, that's, a, yeah. that's an active interface. Okay. But if NFC, I believe, uses radio waves to send information instead of Wi-Fi or Bluetooth, why would we still use it? Isn't Bluetooth faster and has a higher range of transmission? Is it still used because it just needs less power? Exactly. It uses less power and doesn't need the more expensive chipset that we need to use Bluetooth or, or be able to embed in Bluetooth devices. So you, you can have a passive device, like for example, most people have an ID card that gives them entry into a building or an office that's cheap to distribute in large quantities and never needs a power source. So you never need to turn in your ID badge to get a new one because it ran out of power. Right. That thing's going to work for the next you know, 25 years. But why are mobile payments still using NFC? Well, the concept of NFC near field communication is you want to ensure it's the actual person 
making the transaction because we're talking about financial transactions here. Um, and it's not someone pretending to be you, not someone hacking into the system. So you have to physically be next to that terminal. Uh, most payment apps also require you to use uh, your, your code, your phone's code, or your facial recognition, or your thumbprint, which is how I use to get into my phone, uh, in yeah. order to complete that financial transaction and actually process that store payment. Uh, so it's, it's really meant to ensure that it's the actual person making that, uh, that purchase and not somebody who's trying to essentially steal your identity or hack into the system. So we should feel safe making payments with our phone, just tapping our phone. Actually safer than if you were uh, processing a credit card. Yeah, wow. because it's actually got all these additional layers of confirmation, making sure it's actually you versus if somebody stole your wallet and went to a store and they never asked them for ID, they would just process the card. What if someone stole your phone? They would need your biometrics. So it's kind of like a a spy movie where they have to cut <laughs> off your finger or, you know, get your facial recognition to unlock your phone just for that transaction. Oh, okay. Be kind of weird walking into a CVS with a dead body next to Ew, you to use it for facial recognition. Body, just like a couple fingers. <laughs> what about the use of QR codes? I love this. This is a new one for me. <laughs> it's still very popular, as we all know, made a huge comeback during COVID with restaurants all digitizing their menus on a yeah. QR code. We, we don't have any menus, just scan the QR code. Uh, smartphone manufacturers luckily have now also made it easier to use. So you don't have to set your camera to read a QR code. Yeah. Your phone actually now auto detects uh, that it's a QR code as soon as you point the camera to it. I actually had a little trouble with this in the beginning when we first were allowed into restaurants again. I admit it was a little, it was a struggle. I really felt frustrated. I remember one time I was just like, just give me your phone. Let me look at the menu on your phone. <laughs> yeah. I really had no idea. Like, I, it's think not our, working. Yeah. I think like our daughter did it for me once. I, I mean, it, and I think I have like a pretty good grasp on stuff. So I'm sure that plenty of people had trouble. It was, it was glitchy in the, in the beginning, but it's definitely gotten better. So I guess no more menus. I miss menus. Even though everybody knows I always order the same thing. At all our usual spots, uh, but that remains to be seen. You miss those sticky menus oh, that like haven't been wiped menus. down, <laughs> and like nothing grosser than when you sit down at a restaurant and they hand you a sticky menu. It's all part of the charm. Ew. <laughs> so let's talk about what else smart devices are being used for. Um, we know they're being used to monitor health, right? Absolutely, smart devices are now deployed in all major companies and facilities for health check. Uh, for example, when I enter my office, there's an iPad with a camera and a temperature sensor that captures my image and gives me an audible temperature okay every time I enter, <laughs> I which like is kind of cool. It actually utilizes health software that confirms that it's accurate. Tablets are also used for both entry for instant temperature checks, uh, but also instant upload of patient health condition for caregivers that are visiting patients. Imagine going through the current pandemic the way you used to record vitals yeah. for your patients on a notepad and only uploading all the data at the end of your shift. Oh, I know. I would have pieces of paper like with little vitals written stuck to all different parts of me and different parts of my pocket. <laughs> Sticky notes? Sticky notes. And then I would have to sit down and rewrite all my shorthand 
into the charts. So that would be pretty amazing. That and is, I'm sure it is saving time all across the board. Another way tech is being integrated into healthcare is a new allergen sensor that's about to be released. The Allergy Amulet is using technology originally used actually to detect nicotine and marijuana and is using it to test for food allergens. That sounds like a great use. Yeah, I mean, the ER sees about 32 million people a year just with food allergies alone. So what are the main culprits? Milk, eggs, peanut, tree nut, fish, shellfish, wheat, soy, and a cool thing, and most recently on April 23rd of this year, the Food Allergy Safety Treatment Education and Research Act, also known as FASTER, was signed into law by President Biden. This is a pretty significant bill and is a real victory because it added sesame to the list of allergens that must be labeled on food packaging. I can't believe they haven't labeled that in the past. And this is the first time since 2014 that a new allergen has been added. Sesame is often labeled on packaging as natural flavors or natural spices, but this really just makes it more confusing and difficult for consumers to read the labels. I myself have food allergies, as you know, and one of our kids do as well. And it's truly a scary thing for a parent to always worry if what your child will eat is safe for them. I can't believe that they've never had sesame, knowing so many people have sesame allergies. Yeah. So actually, the allergy amulet is using MIPs, which are molecular imprinted polymer sensors. Within 60 to 90 seconds, the test detects whether or not an allergen is present in the food sample. The amulet is designed to be a beautiful piece to wear as a necklace, a wristband, or a keychain, and it will be available actually in black, gold, or platinum. You dip your food with a test strip and insert it into a test strip case, and then it plugs into a device that uses sensors with an electrochemical system to detect target antigen ingredients. That's amazing. So when we go to a restaurant... I can get you the gold or the platinum and you just dip a little strip (laughs) into the main course when it arrives. You wait 60 to 90 seconds. So it's not like a huge process. No one will notice. No one notices. And then you actually feel safe. You know you're eating something that's safe. Exactly. And there's also a mobile app to log and you can share your results. So people that now want to maybe go to that restaurant, but were fearful of what the food on the menu would have in it will now know that what you ate was safe and you could share. I mean, there's over 200,000 ER visits a year due to food allergens. This could be pretty amazing to reduce those numbers. Yeah, that's scary stuff. That's actually great. Well, that brings us to game time. (laughs) For this episode, I would like to play a game of survival. Oh, nice. Imagine you're stranded on an island, just like Tom Hanks in the movie Castaway. Oh, you know I love that movie. Yes, I do. <laughs> I will give you eight popular items that most experts think you will need to survive, but you can only take three, Max. Oh, boy. Only three? Only three. Oh, I can't wait to hear Are this. Are you ready? I'm ready. Number one, your smartphone. iPhone or Android. Obviously, you will be taking your Android. There's nothing else to say about this one. The battery life. (laughs) Number two, a pop-up hammock. Great for keeping you off the ground and away from the bugs and snakes while you sleep. Yes. Can also be used as a rainproof overhang during rainstorms. I like it. Remember in the movie, he got (laughs) wet. That's right. You need a shelter. Number three, a machete. I love a good machete. There's nothing else to say. It's a machete. (laughs) Number four, portable fishing rod. 
great for salt water or fresh water. And nice. Then, I, I never know where I need to fish. Uh, number five, water purification system. You never want to drink any of that sketchy water. And this is a great way to remove pathogens and particles for instant safe water to drink. Ooh, I got to get one of those. Number six, a satellite phone. The Blue Cosmo Iridium Extreme Satellite Phone is actually amazing because it has global coverage, which means no roaming charges, prepaid SIM card included. You can make and receive calls, texting, track your position with GPS, or request help with emergency SOS from anywhere on Earth. This phone is powered by those low Earth orbit satellites that you've talked about. Yeah. So it's like truly a global satellite phone service. I mean, it sounds like a keeper if I'm stuck on a deserted island. Number seven, the survival signal mirror. Mm. Military-grade survival signal mirror. These mirrors are ultralight. Your signal could reach up to 26 miles. There's also a built-in whistle and compass. Survival experts all agree that anyone engaging in remote outdoor activity should carry an emergency mirror. I didn't know that. Yes. It's a very, it's a major, you see, every time people make fun of me, like your children, for keeping a little mirror in my bag. It's for emergency purposes in case you're stranded on island. I never knew that. No one ever thinks I'm a deep thinker. Maybe. Yeah, I, I believe it. Number eight, an emergency food supply. There is a ReadyWise emergency food supply, which has multi-use, ready-to-eat food. You grab and go. Freeze-dried meat, gluten-free breakfast, freeze-dried vegetables. You never have to worry about planting in your own excrement, like Mark Watney did in the movie The Martian. Oh, I love that movie. Mark Watney. That was pretty gross, though. But you're not a botanist, so no, this I'm not gonna is grow definitely in my... the way to go. Yes. <laughs> so, Max, which items do you choose? Well, first of all, I just learned a lot about <laughs> stuff that I should take in case I'm stranded like Tom Hanks on an island. But the problem is he didn't know. He wasn't prepared. That's that's true. He this wasn't. is when you are going on a trip and things could go down. So I'm just I'm just going to assume I somehow decided to bring a lot of stuff with me. So originally <laughs> I was going to say smartphone just because, you know, my the battery on my Android is just phenomenal. And it's 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 not going to run out so quickly. The other thing, by the way, that people don't know about smartphones is even if you're stranded on an island, you should still turn it on and try to send an outbound text. Because if there's a tower on a mountain at an oh. island 20 or 30 miles away, it can actually pick pick up that signal and rescuers can actually use that as a way to triangulate where you are and oh. come and find you. But I, I don't think I'm going to pick the Look smartphone. You. You're like... You're to, like a bear with I, that in the wilderness. That's all I know so far about survival. It's the smartphone piece, but I'm not going to select the smartphone okay. now that I know what some of the other options are. If you have a smartphone and that's your only option, go with it. I'm not going to go with the option for the smartphone. <laughs> I only have three to pick from here. Uh, pop-up hammock. I'm not going to go with it, even though I kind of like to sleep off the ground. I don't want weird things biting me at night, don't worry, like Max. snakes and spiders, but I, I guess I'm going to have to give that one up. I really love a machete. It just looks so cool. But in this <laughs> case as well, I'm going to have to give up the machete because I'm really like, you're really, you're really Limiting locking you. me down to only three options. I'm going to, I'm going to take the portable fishing rod because um, I know how to fish and this fishing rod works in, you know, in case there's a little pond on the island, I can fish uh, sweet water or salt water on the ocean. I can feed myself. It's a consistent 
source of food. I'm definitely going to stick with the water purification because if humans don't have clean water, they die. Yeah. So I kind of need the water purification. That sounds like a great option. Um, and the last one I'm going to go with, uh, even though I like the like the whole survival mirror and the fact that I can kind of check out my hair, not just signal, <laughs> signal to rescuers, but I would rather just make a call on my super cool Blue Cosmo Iridium phone that works off low orbit satellites. I mean, I think that's the way to go. I'll be like, hi, I can, can I get a pickup? I'm, yeah. on, I'm on this <laughs> island. You've got the GPS location. Based off my call. So knowing you, you'll still like make a conference call that afternoon. Oh, a hundred percent. I'm gonna make a conference call after I call in for a rescue. So yeah, so so those those are really gonna be my top three options. All right, good choices, Max. <laughs> after watching the news this morning, I think I'm gonna get on Amazon and get myself a satellite phone. Maybe I will get a mirror and a machete. I think you should get the machete. It's rough out there. <laughs> Well, that's a wrap. Thank you so much for listening today. Please continue to listen and subscribe. You could always find us on Spotify, Amazon, Google, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you find your podcasts. You could find us on Instagram at Techie and the Blonde or ask us any questions or suggest topics we should discuss at techieandtheblonde at gmail.com. And our new and exciting website has launched, techieandtheblonde.com. You can find tons of content and pictures everything discussed on the episodes. Thanks again.